This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. everybody today's episode of all facts no cap we got Devin Kennard football player real estate mogul author of the new book it all adds up Devin tell me how I did right there because I want to make sure that I list all of your accolades my man <laughs> that, that hit it that, that uh, hit it in a broad <laughs> stroke right there I appreciate it bro man I'm gonna just go ahead and jump in right now and I always felt because I've been, I've, I've done a pretty good job in the real estate game, things like that. I've always been very interested in that market. And I've always felt like I had a pretty impressive portfolio. And just reading up on you, looking at yours, you're putting mine to shame. So go ahead and just <laughs> dive in and talk to me about everything that you're doing in the real estate world. Yeah. So as soon as I got into the league, I started investing in real estate right away. I just uh, kind of realized there was an avenue where I could start to bring income in for myself out, outside of ball. And I was a late fifth round draft pick. A lot of talk of I might be a teamer and and not play very long. And I wanted to make sure I was living good, you know, whether I played one year or you know, 10 years. So that was my mindset as soon as I got into the league. And fast forward to today, I own 21 units across five different cities. Uh, I invest in a lot of real estate syndications. Um, and uh, so that's other people's deals. And, you know, I'm an, a passive investor in that. And I also do some private lending on my own, where I lend money to other real estate investors and, and uh, charge high um, a higher percentage interest rate. So I'm dibbling and dabbling in a couple of different real estate sectors, but it's all real estate based. I stay with what I know. And, you know, I feel like it's a great avenue for athletes to get in. You know, it really is because the one thing that you learn in this world is that you can go ahead and you can invest in clothing. You can invest in, in tech and things like that. And it can go up and down. But the one thing is a man always needs a roof over his head. A man always needs a place to sleep. And that's something that will never go out of style. It's something that's never going to take a dip. Like you even look at the pandemic, people still had to pay rent. People still had to pay their yeah. mortgage. So in real estate, whether it's just simple land, agriculture, or whether it's just actual construction property, it's something that'll always pay dividends. So my next question would be to use this. And me as a former NFL player and being in those locker rooms, that's something I was fortunate enough to learn at a young age from my father and various other people. Talk to me about you had the mindset coming in that you want to make sure that you're set up for life after ball, no matter how long you play. How many players do you feel are actually set for their life after football while they're still playing? Man, uh, I, I'm glad to say I think it's starting to shift. Like, you know, when I first got in the league, as opposed to this last year, the conversations in the locker room, the things that guys are interested in yeah. and, um, you know, learning about, it is shifting which is a great thing. But when I first got into the league, it was, you, you had a financial advisor and they were getting you into stocks and bonds. And yep. that was all the, that was all the finance talk in the locker room. And, uh -huh. and so it's kind of, it's kind of refreshing 
being at this point and, and having different kind of uh, conversations, venture capital, private equity, real estate, uh, you know, uh, crypto and, and all these different avenues. But I would say there's still a huge gap in education and guys figuring out what really works for them and having the right mindset around money. You know, I, I have a unique perspective to where I think you should reverse engineer what you need outside of ball. And what I mean by that is what's your lifestyle take as far as spending wise? How much yeah. do you spend? Uh, you know, a year and break that down monthly and then make sure you're building an investment portfolio that supports your needs. Because yeah. the, the the biggest challenge, you could be a guy who made millions of dollars in the league, but um, if you're spending 30, 40, 50 grand a month, it's not a matter of if, but when you're going to go broke. And people mm -hmm. hear those numbers and they think it sounds unrealistic, but when you got a nice house, you bought mom's a nice house, you you got kids and, and mortgages and, and car payments and all these different things. But uh, I know guys, before you blink, you spend in 20, 30 grand. And that's before you went on a nice vacation. That's before you went to the steakhouse or you bought that nice chain. So, yeah. you know, spend, spend, uh, spending could, could kind of get out of control quickly. So to understand what you spend and create a, um, a portfolio for yourself that supports that. So when you're done playing, you can you, your lifestyle doesn't have to change. I think that's that's kind of how things need to evolve mindset wise for guys in the locker room. I'm from Austin, Texas. I think you're from, you're originally from the, the Phoenix, Arizona area, correct? Yeah. So yep. I don't really know your upbringing or your, or your life growing up, but I can tell you about mine. And the one thing that you and I both could probably agree on is that for a lot of us coming from certain environments, especially within the, with, within the minority community, is that when one of us makes it, well, we've all now made it. And what you just alluded to with buying mom a house and taking care of this person and that person, what would be your advice for somebody coming into the league that wants to make sure that they're able to maintain that lifestyle after the league, after the game is over with, of how to navigate through the homeboys, how to navigate through the family members that they feel because you've made it now that they need to make it where they need to pay, where they need you to pay for certain things. How, what would be your advice for people in that situation, how to navigate through that? You know, I think it's a little different than what I hear a lot of people say, because people who don't understand that environment, that that culture, being an African-American or minority and having people that depend on you, my mindset is like, y'all waited this long, wait a little longer so I can do it right. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Like, so, so it, there's a different, you know, I could do it now and, 10 years from now, you may be hurting and I'm hurting, so I can't save you. Or I can, or you can wait a little longer so I can set things up correctly to where I can put you on in a more sustainable way. And, you know, to where, you know, my cup is full, but I'm able to fill your cup as well. If, you know, as soon as I'm getting filled up, whether that's financially and, and your life circumstances, I'm just pouring it into everybody around me, eventually my cup is empty. But if I set things up to where my cup you know, I got I got that drain, uh, you know, that pipe coming in and it's coming and money's coming in regularly. Now I can start to disperse that to to the places I need to and I want to. And my cup staying full. And that, that's where that's where family needs to remain patient to where, you know, my mindset with my family was like, look, I want to be able to do certain things for you guys. But let me set myself up first, because I'm thinking about my future family. I'm going to have a wife. I'm going to have kids. And this is early in my career. I already have that now. But, um, you know, that mindset. And then now once I'm in a position, all right, I could I could buy moms a house. I could buy moms a car. I could take care of my sister. I could take care of my brother. So it's not a matter of 
if I'm going to do it, it's a matter of when and getting guys to take that perspective instead of like, I'm not telling you no, I'm telling you not right now. Let me do things the right way first to where I'm doing it with with passive income and from investments and not from this earned income that I know is going to end. You So far, you play for the Giants, the Lions, the Cardinals. And I know that you've seen this dynamic where you got the one guy may come in as a high draft pick, or he just may simply come in as a mid or, or, or low round draft pick. And he's got his homeboy with him. You know, he's got two or three of his guys from his, his day ones per se. And obviously they want to be on as well, just like he is. And like you just said, it's not about, no, it's just not right now. What would you have to say to the guys who are worried about if they give the answer of not right now, now earning the label of, oh, he sold out. Oh, he changed up. He's a sellout. You know, he's he he acting different. He acting funny. You know how it is with a lot of the guys that, yeah. you know, you grow up with. What would your advice be to them who are probably nervous to tell their family, to tell their friends, not right now, or just a flat out no, and they don't want to lose their day ones because they don't want to look like the guy that changed. Well, I would say, you know, to any, any day ones, like uh, LeBron and his squad, they kind of set the, they kind of set the pace as far as like, if, if you know, you got a homie that's, that is the one and he's going on, you need to be deliberate about how am I going to put myself in position to add value to that individual. So, you know, like, um, I want my friends, my family to put themselves in position. You see the moves I'm making on the football fields, what I got going on afterwards. There's nothing but time and opportunity for you to position yourself in a way that you can help me and help yourself. There's nothing I would want more than to be able to put a friend or family member on who I'm into real estate. You became a real estate agent. You became a broker and you're finding these great deals and these great opportunities. And I'm able to to buy a deal from you and you getting broke off, but it's helping me too. you know, help me help you. Uh, And I think surrounding yourself around people who have that kind of mindset are, you know, kind of introducing that to them. Like, Hey, I'm trying to go to the league. You might not be going to the league with me, but start to learn about becoming an agent, start to learn about uh, becoming a business manager and evaluating business opportunities. So, you know, I'm not just giving you a job and giving you money. You have something to to add value to me to where now we can live, um, you know, all, all boats rise better together. We can all rise instead of I'm rising and I got to lift you up with me. You know, everything that you just said resonates with me uh, to the nth degree because I'm not sure about your life, but I know with me, there's three guys that I was friends with along the way. And we're no longer friends right now. And I would not say go as far as to say that it was about the money, but I would say this, had I not gone to the NFL, there's not a doubt in my mind. We still would all three, all three of them. I'd be friends with to this day. And like what you just said, as far as empowering your friends. And the thing is, is that there's some people you're going to try to build them up to a King. All they want to do is just simply be a soldier. And you have to just go ahead and let them go. You got to go ahead and just push yeah. them all by the wayside. And I think a lot of people are nervous and they're scared to simply do that because they don't want to look like the one that changed up. They also don't want to be without their best friend or their day ones. And, you know, sometimes the same people that can get you here can't get you there. And that's where I think that for a lot of players, they're nervous about that. So I just want to say, man, everything that you just said, that resonated with me because I had to let some people go along the way. Otherwise, it definitely would have not helped propel me forward. 
And I would say with, you know, some people you do got to flat out let go. But then there's some people who, you know, let them tell you who they are by their actions. So it's like, all right, they uh, they don't want to be they don't want to elevate. They want to stay where they're at. Well, all right, I still want to be your boy, but we like I know how to move with you or around you in a way to where it's like, I I can't really give him no job because he's not ambitious enough. He's not trying to do that. But like, you know, he might be a homie I bring on a trip with me. I grew up with him. That's my dog. Like, man, I'll pay for your flight. I already got this Airbnb. I already got this house. Like, man, you could you could tag along. We're going to go out. We're going to go to restaurants. I'm, a, you know, like you could come with me. And, you know, I remember when I first got in the league, there was experiences like that with friends who, you know, haven't done anything even to this day to really put themselves in position to mm-hmm. allow me to help elevate them. But I still I still like having experiences with them. They still my peoples. There's certain things that, that I do with them, but I already know what comes with them. Like, you know, I I'm taking this uh, or, you know, I'm going somewhere and this homie coming. I know pretty much the whole trip whatever we do, I, I'm going to have to cover him. But in my mind, I already have that in my head. Like he ain't really going to be able to afford anything I'm trying to do. So I'm, a, you know, I'm going to cover him, but I want him to be there because that's my dog. So having that mindset, but when it's, when you're trying to, trying to turn a soldier into, into, you know, your business manager, that's where things, <laughs> yeah. things go astray. You, you know, you got to let them be who they are. Hey, so true on that. You definitely cannot turn, uh, you, you can't turn a kitten into a jungle cat. That's one thing that I learned <laughs> along the way, man. Right over your right shoulder, you got your book. It all adds up. I've went ahead, take a peek at it a little bit so far, but for all the listeners, go ahead and just try to give a synopsis over everything that you put into that. Uh, you know, my passion and why I wrote the book was essentially like I became fascinated with finances and real estate investing and business in general. And I've read a ton of books on them. I, um, honestly, I do a lot of audio books and most of the time it's middle to late age white guys talking about finance and real estate and stuff. And yeah. I was like, there's not, there's not many people of color writing book, writing books on these topics and impactful ones at that. So for me, it was like, man, I wanted to, to be the bridge. There's a lot of information that I've had access to because I went to the University of Southern California, because I played in the league for the last nine years. I got into the room that many minorities aren't able to get into mm-hmm. and started to see how different cultures raise their kids, what they're teaching them, how they build their, their empires, how they structure things. And I'm like, man, this is stuff they're like we playing checkers and they playing chess. Yep. So for me, it was like I wanted to br- I wanted to start to bridge that gap, and that's what my book "It All Adds Up" is all about. I felt like being a professional athlete, being African American, and being you know young, just turning thirty two, I could connect with a different gem- demographic, and I wanted to. I might not know everything right now, but I wanted to share what I do know because um, I think there's people who I could bring along uh, the way and change their mindset about money. You know, a book that impacted me a lot was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And for me, my hope is it all adds up, it does for does what Rich Dad, Poor Dad did for me for the next generation, where it's like, wow, this makes sense. Uh, it flips a switch and the light goes off to where kids start to realize and people start to, hey, I'm going to have a different mindset about money, about investing, about how I approach finances. And, uh, you know, I think that's what it all adds up is going to do for a lot of people. I love everything that you just said, because especially like what you just mentioned about how it's not a lot of us in those rooms. We're playing chess. I'm sorry. We're playing check checkers. They're playing chess. And whenever I hear that, 
to know how true it is, is what really annoys me, really frustrates me because like what you just said, we're over here playing checkers. They're playing chess. We're playing two totally different games and it all adds up, but it also, it all starts from way back there. And it's frustrating because like you just said, you know, the upbringing, uh, the domestic situation going on within the house growing up and how they're teaching their kids how to create generational wealth in elementary school, middle school, high school. Whereas us, we may simply, we're just happy to make it to the league. We're just simply happy to get that first job out of college. And we're too busy trying to keep our head above water. We're AKA playing checkers. They're over there playing chess. They're sailing around in the yacht out there in the Mediterranean Sea and things like that. And that's why I love your book. I love exactly your message because we got to change that narrative. We got to start playing chess, not checkers. And I think that it all starts from the domestic situation. It all starts within the home. It all starts in the adolescent of building that. That way, once you now become an adult, you now become a parent, you're able to pass that along to your kids. Not only the generational wealth part, but also just the knowledge of simply having a different mindset, not keeping your head above water, but being able to have those generational assets. And like you just said, real estate, owning properties, the deeds, the restriction, you know, things like that. To me, that's what it's all about. I'll I'll let you go ahead and uh, expound on that. Yeah, I think uh, especially in minority communities, we we don't embrace the idea of delayed gratification enough, and we don't because because in a lot of people's situation, the starting point is less than ideal. So mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a kid growing up in a great circumstance, he could believe he can buy into delayed gratification a little bit more because his starting point is better. Um, you know, but even though even even if your starting point's not great by planting those seeds, learning about it, reading books, you'll be surprised how much you can start to grow and and where it can lead you in a year, in two years, in three years. But we don't want to buy into that because it just seems like helpless. It's, I ain't going to be able to change. I'm in X amount of debt. Uh, You know, uh, like we can't even pay rent. How are we going to learn about finances or become financially literate or uh, find out about a state or buying buying into stocks and bonds or real estate? Like, how are we going to do any of that? I can't even pay rent. So they just we just don't do it at all. And, you know, that's the concept you got to start to believe in and delay gratification. And why I titled my book, It All Adds Up, is like those little things, those little daily habits start to add up and all of a sudden you start to see shifts in your life. But the greatest thing about it is once you start to build that momentum, it's like a small snowball forming down a hill. Like you start to gain speed and traction and it gets bigger and bigger. And at some point the momentum gets so big, you're hard to stop. And, you know, whatever situation you are in to all your listeners, whether you're 60 years old or whether you're 13 years old and you're listening is you can get that momentum started today in the the decisions and the actions you make. And you might not see catastrophic changes right away, but I can guarantee if you just put your head down in a year from now, financially, things will look a little bit better. Two years from now, they'll look a little bit better than that. And you just got to keep stacking days, stacking months, stacking years, and your life will start to change. And the next generation's life can really take off. My man, your mindset is fantastic. And like you just said, it's 
it's becoming a a bigger percentage of players that are starting to think about life after football. But your mindset, that intellect is still more of an, an anomaly than it is any sort of normalcy, especially going back to when I got drafted 2005, which is several years before you. It really was something that was a rarity. And so with that being said, here's my here's my main takeaway. Here's my main question. And you drafted just like I was. There's this thing called the NFL Symposium. And it's the only the drafted players that get invited to it, where it's the seminar. They try to tell you about the pitfalls and things like that, being a rookie in the NFL, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And after that, your rookie year, maybe your second year, depending on what team you go to in the player development department, you'll have certain meetings maybe after practice on a Wednesday where they'll simply talk to you about finances, simply talk to you about how to deal with having a live-in girlfriend, being married while playing in the league, things like that. But the NFL, and tell me, tell me where this lands with you, the NFL cares about its current players, but they don't give a damn about its former players. And what I mean by that is, the NFL is not going through great lengths to make sure that you are well equipped with the tools or the connections of any sort to make sure that you are doing well for life after football. Now you make a big time contract, you make a lot of money, then you know what? Hey, that's on you. Save your money, blah, 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 invest it. But the NFL doesn't really put structures in place to really try to hone in on that, to really try to help players. So I've always said that, and you know this, not for long. At the end of the day, the NFL, I'm not saying that they do a horrible job with their players. I'm not saying that. But they don't really go out of their way. And I think that's also why you see certain guys that leave the league and it just seems like they're a fish out of water. They don't really know their next move. They don't know their next step. Where does that land with you? I mean, I, I agree. And the thing is, since he played, they've changed a lot within the NFL MPA. So they're they're offering players more resources now, right? But the but the problem is, a lot of guys ain't utilizing. Them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so it's, it's like it's it's on the NFL and PA. Absolutely, could they be doing more? Should they be doing more? One hundred percent. But being a guy who I've been a PA rep, I have good relationships, and I'm on a lot of the um, calls and webinars on finance related and stuff. And not a lot of guys is on it. You know, I get get on a call and it's 20, 30 guys and um and that's it, thinking about all the players that are in the in the NFL. And we only getting 20 or 30 guys on a call. So it's like, damn, that's the it's off season and only 30 guys is hopping on a call across the whole league. And this is a real estate, uh real estate conversation, or this is a um a state planning conversation. So, you know, I think uh another aspect guys in the league need to realize is your life as financially it determines and dictates so much more than just your finances and people like to ignore that like your physical mental emotional and spiritual well-being is impacted by your financial well-being so that whole notion that, um, that whole notion that like your um you know money doesn't matter money doesn't buy happiness uh, it impacts it i'm not saying it it dictates it completely, like but you that. can't you can't tell me that your money doesn't impact your happiness in every other aspect of your life. And a great example I like to give is, uh, and I feel like a lot of people can resonate is if you're if you come from a tough upbringing and your grandma's having chest pain, most grandmas ain't going to the doctor. Yeah. Because she's not trying to deal with that that hospital bill. Mm-hmm. She gonna put it off until it's so bad. What do you think? 
the the um the white grandmother who's in a great upbringing and, and household and she's 70 what do you think's happening the day she has a little chest pain oh man you already know private medical care so so you mean to tell me that money doesn't impact your physical well-being that money doesn't impact your mental well-being when grandma passes away because of a heart attack and now you're mentally distressed because she was the one that helped raise you when a year ago she probably should have went to the doctor so like um I think when you start to understand how important your finances is, you, you stop looking at it as optional. Your finances impact your life one way or another. And athletes, we have the luxury of ignoring it because we're making a lot of money. So you're making a good amount of money, so you ignore it, you throw it off, you, you hire a financial advisor, and you, know, you, you try to keep spending down a little bit, but you're not intentional about what you're doing with your money because you're making a lot. But mm-hmm. what's the difference between the, the athlete making a lot and the person who's not making a lot and not paying a lot of attention because he doesn't have it? It's just how much of it you have, but y'all still not paying attention and really building wealth, really thinking about how is this going to sustain um, generations from now. And that's where the switch has to happen is your finances matter. They are important. And whether you have no money or whether you got millions of dollars in the bank account you can be on opposite ends of the spectrum but what you do with it and making sure that it's a priority is essential going back to guys in the league with being ready for life after ball what percentage would you say of guys in the nfl currently right now whether it's percentage on a team or just the entire league altogether what percentage would you say of guys are ready for life after balls, at least, or at least have a plan of how it's going to be. Whew, I would say probably only, and this might be high, but twenty to thirty percent is. My That's pretty guess. much what I was thinking. And yeah. so, you factor that in with not everybody's a first round pick. Not everybody's getting paid like Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. And certain guys feel that they have to make sure that they can maximize their income in any capacity that may be. And now that leads me to you seeing guys now that are gambling on football. And now they're being suspended because of it. And my question to you is, as a player, the NFL promotes gambling, FanDuel, DraftKings, you can go to uh, 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 any of the kiosks in an NFL stadium and gamble on a game as a fan. But players can't. And I don't know where I come out on it because I can kind of see how players can find it as a contradiction. Players can kind of be confused, just like how the NFL, the I think the official beer of the NFL is what, Budweiser or Bud Light? But you as a player... You can't actually have any sort of merchandising deal. You can't have any sort of endorsement deal with any sort of alcoholic beverage, even though the NFL, their official drink is Bud Light or Budweiser. I forget which one it is. Where do you come out on that? Players gambling on football, even though the NFL has strong ties to DraftKings, FanDuel, and completely is very very, uh, advantageous for them to endorse gambling with those companies. Well, I know your show is called All Facts No Caps, so we can keep it. We can we can keep it real right here. Hey, go the, ahead. The the, the NFL, it, it's is it fair? Absolutely not. You know they're making money off of the same things that they penalizing guys for. Yeah. So do I think that's completely fair? No, but I'm also a businessman, and mm-hmm. do you want the integrity 
of your game questioned? No, you don't. So do I understand why they're a walking contradiction? Absolutely. If you if you were running it, would you want the integrity of the game questioned? If you're oh, no. Roger Goodell, absolutely not. So as a player perspective, so you could be like, that's BS. They, they, they letting everybody bet and, and they and they not letting us. I get it. But you got to be a businessman too. And if that was you and your money is being made from this league and you're running it, you don't want the game questioned. So, that, so that's where it comes from. And I would tell the players, man, play the game. Don't let the game play you. Mm. So, you know, like – you, you know the rules, you know the guidelines. Like, bro, before season, we having these uh, mandatory meetings. They telling you the rules. Like, but let's keep it solid. Guys been betting on, on NFL games since I got in the league. Yeah. How, 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 how it used to go down, there are some kind of bookie. They throw, throw, throw cash <laughs> yep. uh, throw, throw cash to them. I, had, I know guys who have bookies in Vegas and sending them cash in shoeboxes and <laughs> send, send them to them. And, and it, so it's like – I don't see why you need to do all that. Like, just wait till you're done playing and bet bet all you want. But if you're gonna do it, bro, these these betting apps and stuff nowadays, it's like you gotta log in your number and phone and like, and that's how guys is is getting caught. Like, you know, it's you worked your whole life to get to this point. I won't even walk to near a sports booking. I'm not even downloading the apps. That's how that's how I am. Um, well, as as long as I'm playing or trying to play or anything close to the NFL, I'm not touching the stuff because I'm not giving them an excuse and a reason to play with me at all. Uh, I, it was funny. I'm with some friends uh, not long ago. I'm in Phoenix and go to uh, go to a casino and they go to a sports book and I won't even go to the same floor. I'm cool. <laughs> like it's like I'm I'm a, I'm a free agent right now, but I, I don't even. It. They got cameras everywhere. It. They don't even. So it's like. Guys is taking too too many risks. Like you worked your whole life. We just talked about the circumstances guys is in. Like, man, play the game. Don't let it play you. Is it right? Is it fair? No. But like you gonna try to buck the system and and think you're gonna get away with it. And they're showing you they're not playing with this stuff. So guys better get get in line and leave that mess completely alone so you don't get caught up in that. Cause some guys, if you're a good enough player, you might be able to to uh to get suspended and come back. But some of these guys getting suspended, I know there's a player I played with in Detroit who recently got suspended. I'll be surprised if he play in the league again. Yeah. Kiss of death. So, solid player. Um Special teams guy should play should play at least three four more years. I think this was his fourth year. Maybe I won't be I won't be surprised if he doesn't play another down because he got caught up in the gambling stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 